Hello, and welcome to my podcast. Um, This is the Critical Intergenerational Personal Education History Podcast that I'm completing for my class of 310. Uh, This podcast will be looking at the push and pull factors of how my family got to where they are and why they are still here. It will then go later into depth on the political and social movements that my family has experienced throughout three generations. So starting off, I got the great opportunity to interview my great grandma. Uh, Her name is Jean Bowers, and she was quite incredible. Um, She is um, about 87 now and was very excited to do this interview with me, and I'm very thankful for it. Um, She's the whole reason that my whole family is in and around Bellingham. Her family moved to Bellingham in 1943, and they moved from North Dakota. I asked her why her family moves, and all she remembers is that uh, Boeing had great work opportunities and that her uncles were already working at Boeing, and they called her father and said, hey, you should come work at Boeing with us. And so she remembers pretty much one week her mom being like, we're moving, and that was the end of it, and so they packed up the car. She has lots of funny stories about how her mom had never seen mountains before, and then she had to uh, take a car full of kids over the mountains and through the mountains to get to where we are here in Bellingham, and so that was really amazing to hear about and really interesting thinking that for three generations, my family has grown up here in Bellingham, but for my great-great-grandmother, this was a brand new place to her and how incredible it must have been seeing it all for the first time. Um, I almost wish I'd get the opportunity to see Bellingham for the very first time just because I know how incredible it is, but being raised here, you don't you don't always see the amazingness. Um, for push factors of why they left North Dakota, there wasn't really any that my grandma could think of. She was pretty young at the time, but she said they were they were fine in North Dakota, but they thought there was better work at Boeing for her dad, and they were excited about an opportunity to have more work available to them. And um, if her dad's brothers and her uncles were already over here, I'm assuming that that might have been another pull factor, so that there was family here, and there was family with good jobs, and they wanted to take advantage of that opportunity. So that was my great-grandmother, and she... She was the first generation in Bellingham. Then my grandparents never left Bellingham. So I wasn't, or at least my grandma never left Bellingham. My grandfather um, is a different line of my generation that I won't be diving into, but my grandma was born and raised in Bellingham and she never left. Uh, Sadly, my grandmother passed away when I was in sixth grade, so I didn't have the opportunity to interview her, but I asked my great-grandma and my mother um, why they thought my grandma never left Bellingham, why she chose to stick around here, raise her family here. Uh, What they kind of thought of is just the fact that all of her family was here. My grandma had four siblings and they are all in or very close to Bellingham and so her family was here there was no there was no people pulling her outside of Bellingham my grandma had also built a really good support system she obviously had met my grandfather she has really amazing friends that are still in my life today so that was probably another factor that kept them here they have that support system and they had those friends they were they were well set up here and they were content here 
Uh, also, my grandpa, he worked at JP or Georgia Pacific here in Bellingham, and that was a good job for him, and that was good for my grandma and their family. And so when they had a good job, a support system, family and friends, there was really no reason for them to leave. Um, all of these things gave them the opportunity. Both my grandparents had good paying jobs and worked, and they started a family here. And so they were, yeah, there was no reason for them to leave. There was no pull factors pulling them outside of Bellingham, and there was enough factors to keep them here. So then my mom was also born and raised in Bellingham. And so I interviewed her, I got the opportunity to interview her and ask her why she never left Bellingham, why she chose to raise her family here. And it was very similar to my grandmother's, to the reasons my grandmother probably stayed in Bellingham. My mom was born and raised here and all of her family is here, including that extended family like our great grandma and our great aunts and uncles. And so my mom had family here. Again, since she was born and raised here, she had her friends here. She met my father, he was here. And that, you know, there was no reason for either of them to leave when they had their family and friends here. My mom just said she really loves Bellingham and had no desire to live anywhere else, which I think that's kind of a personality trait. My mom is not one for change. And so when everything you need is right here in Bellingham, there was no reason for her to venture outwards um her she also my mother also has a younger brother my uncle he's about 10 years younger than my mom and he had some medical issues and therefore my mom also said she kind of felt a responsibility to stay close to home in the sense that her brother was a lot younger and going through a really difficult time and she wanted to be able to be near him and her family during those tough times so she said there was kind of this responsibility factor that um, in my opinion, she didn't have a fantastic tone saying this. So maybe that's something she does regret is that she never left because of that obligation to stay close to family. But as an adult, she loves her life here in Bellingham and is glad she never left. Um, now that we kind of know why my family's here, I was also born and raised in Bellingham and I have no intentions of leaving. So my family is pretty well established in the Bellingham area. Our furthest family member lives in Eastern Washington and that's as far as my family has spread out. And so it's pretty incredible to think back to why my, you know, why three generations of my family are still here is simply because my great, great grandfather found a job here. And that's what's led to three generations of families. And if we look at my extended family, there's lots more as I have four great aunts and uncles. My great grandmother also has siblings. My mom has a brother. And so it's really interesting to see that our family has probably made a huge impact on the population of Bellingham simply because they found a job over here. Uh, now getting more into the political and social movements of the different generations of my family. Um, my great grandma, she just remembers World War II. Um, that was, you know, occurring around the time they moved. She talked about when wardens would come and knock on their doors to make sure all their lights were off in, um, in the evening. Um, I don't know exactly what time frame it was. She didn't necessarily mention, but I found that so interesting that my great grandma, who to me doesn't feel um, so far stretched, experienced things that I could never imagine experiencing. Um, 
I can never imagine somebody knocking on my door and making sure my lights were turned off in the evening in order to, you know, prevent us from being attacked. That's something that seems kind of out of this world to me, but my grandma really did experience it and she was able to talk about it. So that was, that's probably a generation gap that I had never really realized because my grandma is, um, she's very adaptive and she's adapted to new generations and she likes to hear about what we see on Facebook, but then she tells me about the wardens coming to her house in World War II. And so that really kind of put the age difference and the time period difference into perspective for me, which was shocking yet amazing. Moving down a generation to my grandma's generation, again, like I mentioned before, I didn't, don't have the opportunity to interview my grandma, but my grandma has two very best friends who I call my aunts, and they've been in my life as long as I can remember, and even more so since my grandmother has passed away. So I asked my grandma's best friend, Joan Andrews. She is amazing. I look up to her immensely. So I asked her about what political and social movement she remembers experiencing when she was around my age. Uh, the one she listed were Watergate, which led to Nixon's resigning, the, the Vietnam War and the protests that went along with that, and the legalizing of marijuana was starting to become kind of a movement at that time as well. So I asked her if they participated in any of these movements in any ways. And she said that both her and my grandmother were all talk, no action, <laughs> um, which was interesting to see, but that tends to be a trend in my family. We, uh, my family has kind of known to been informed and educated on things, but not necessarily involved or um, very outward with those opinions. Um, so just to review kind of the events that they went through, Watergate was Nick, Richard Nixon, the president at the time, sent out people to wiretap phones and do some other illegal things while they were in the middle of the Vietnam War and facing a very polarized country with an election coming up in hopes of a re-election for Nixon. He sent people to break into the Democratic National Committee's Watergate headquarters um, to wiretap those phones and basically be up to no good. And then Nixon lied about the connections to him saying, once these people were caught, he said, nope, they're not related to me. I did not send them out. This has nothing to do with me. And he was reelected. The truth eventually came out and Nixon resigned. Obviously there's much more, but that's kind of a quick summary. And to me, what was interesting is that's obviously a huge presidential scandal in some senses. And it was probably um, crazy to see that as a 20 year old, you know, seeing that the president has lied and now we have to go through this extended process. And to me, I drew a connection to um, Trump's presidency and the reelection that occurred this year, just in the sense that I feel when I was younger, and I think many people when they were younger, you wholeheartedly trust the place you're living in. You don't question the president. You think he's the ruler of the world and so on. And this year with the whole re-election scandal again with Trump and the argument of voters fraud, I kind of drew connections to that. And so it was interesting to see that I couldn't really relate to my great grandma's political and social movements, but I could start to relate to my grandma's generation. I could start to see like, 
wow, when they were 20, they experienced some sort of political change. And as I said before, it was a very polarized country, which is, in my opinion, what we're living in now as well. I feel we're very polarized. And so it's almost reassuring to see that this isn't the first time this is happening and a little bit reassuring to know that we've made it through these you know rough presidencies the presidential scandals polarized country it's been survived before it's happened before and obviously it's different and it's new and it's updated now but in my opinion the general idea is the same and it's reassuring to know that we made it through <laughs> and that you know we will probably make it through this time as well. I do want to credit history.com. They gave me some information in the background for Watergate and Nixon resigning. That's where I found some information just to give a quick summary so I was able to talk about it. Um, another thing that my Aunt Joan um, mentioned to me was the legalizing of marijuana. And this one I thought was very interesting as for someone my grandma's age, someone in that generation, they got to see it come full circle because uh, Maya Joan told me that they were kind of a new thing was the legalizing of pot. It was kind of like it, it was almost crazy at that time. It was like, really, like we're going to legalize this drug. And now, especially living in Bellingham, Washington, there is dispensaries all over. Weed is very common and pretty much normalized to me. I my whole life, it's been pretty much treated the same as alcohol. And so for someone in my grandma's generation, I bet that, especially if you participated in those movements, which again, my family did not, but I can't imagine participating in one of the first, you know, protests or movements to legalize marijuana. And now you get to see it come full circle. You get to see that, wow, it did something. And again, that was kind of reassuring to me seeing that it was only a couple generations ago when they started this movement and it worked and it made it through. And so that is reassuring. Obviously, marijuana is different than, let's say, the BML protests that were going on, but it is an example of how people can make change. And so that was kind of reassuring to hear and to discuss. Now moving down a generation into my mom's generation, um, I asked her about the big political social movements she remembers from being my age. And the very first one she said in about two seconds after I asked her the question was Rodney King. My mom was around 18 at the time this happened. Um, a little background information for Rodney King was he was a black man that was pulled over for speeding in Los Angeles, California. Um, he was then beaten by the Los Angeles police. This is on March 3rd of 1999. Uh, the police officers were acquitted, which led to many riots in California. My mom remembers watching this on the news and being totally shocked. Um, she had this naive impression that racism was not around anymore because at that time, you know, obviously segregation had ended and all of these things. So in my, my whole family is also white, which gives them the privilege to ignore that racism that does occur. But my mom remembers this being really heartbreaking to her and really kind of an eye opener into the country we do live in. And it was really an eye opener to her about sy systematic racism and the effects that that has. Um, we were around the same age 
as I am now. And we, me and my mom together drew some connections to the George Floyd case and how deeply saddening, saddening it is that these cases are similar and they happen 30 years apart. And so it's pretty, pretty disappointing to see that um, there was, you know, this has been going on for 30 years. And to me, that was eye-opening because, again, in my white, naive opinion, I knew a little bit more about systematic racism, but I didn't realize how long it had been a thing. I assumed that it was more my generation or the generation, you know, in between me and my mothers that kind of highlighted this systematic racism, but in reality, it's been highlighted, it's been pointed out many, many, many times before. And the fact that so many people have, you know, been a part of it. There was riots in California in 1991, and here we are in 2020, or now we're in 2021, but in 2020, we again had uh, protests all over, all over the country because of a similar situation. So it just, it was eye-opening that systematic racism is not a new thing. And not only is it not a new thing, but this isn't the first time it's being pointed out. It's been pointed out hundreds of times before, I'm assuming hundreds of times before, and still we're lacking the change we need. So that was something really, really disappointing to hear my mother talk about. But um, also, again, reassuring for myself, again, as a white woman and my whole family is 100% white. I have no heritage from pretty much anywhere else, but a little bit reassuring that my mother does understand what I'm going through in the social aspect in the sense that she had to experience these really hard things and have the same kind of culture shocks that I had. It's kind of reassuring that I now know I can relate to her in that way. Um, the riots around Rodney King only remained in California. My mom didn't participate in any way. I don't know if she would have participated if they made their way up to Washington, but um, they were isolated in California. But my mom does remember, you know, hearing about them on the news and feeling that it deep emotional, emotional pain that kind of comes with hearing something like that. Um, Again, I want to thank history.com for my information on Rodney King. I got some background information from both my mother and from history.com. So I want to give them a shout out for giving me that information that um, allowed me to draw more connections to my life and to my mom's. Um, A couple other things my mom remembered that were just kind of interesting to talk about. Uh, the Challenger explosion and 9-11, my mom remembered both of those events very vividly. And um, they weren't as much political or cultural or social events, but they were really big things and heartbreaking things that united our nation instead of pulling it, pulling it apart. And so it was interesting to talk about how those stuck in her memory, sort of like flashbulb memories for her. She remembers, you know, the Challenger explosion and they wheeled the TV into her classroom and they watched it live and just how 
how sad that was. And again, with 9-11, I was one years old and my mom remembers that day very vividly as well. And so it was, again, kind of comforting to see that there are these big, big, you know, sad, scary things happening in our world, but they've been overcome. And at one point they will be a memory. And so for me, uh, I kind of related those events to how I'll remember this pandemic, absolutely. And also just the elections of this year and all of the kind of drama that's been surrounding us for the past, you know, four or five years now. And so as much as they're very different from the Challenger explosion in 9-11, again, it's a little bit reassuring knowing that these big scary things happen all the time. <laughs> They've been happening for hundreds of years and they'll probably continue to happen. And at one point they will all become memory and you'll have that emotion attached to them. But it was comforting to know that we all survive. <laughs> um, kind of to wrap up this podcast, I just, um, again, want to give credit to first my great grandma, Jean Bowers, my grandma's best friend, Joan Andrews, and my mom, Carmen Anderson, for interviewing with me or talking with me about all of these crazy things. Um, I also want to thank Susie Wright, my professor for this class. Um, she gave us a lot of the background knowledge to be able to talk about systematic racism and uh, all of those big cultural differences, I wouldn't have felt comfortable discussing this before uh, taking her class in 310. So that um, is a great, it was a great eye opener into culture and being able to connect my own family's own family to the bigger social culture of the world was really, really a fun project. Uh, I do want to state just to kind of end this podcast that my whole family has been very privileged um, pretty much as long as we've been around. It sounds like my great great grandfather was a very determined worker and I know that my great grandfather and my great grandma were very determined hardworking people but we have all had the privilege of being white and not having to attend to those different, you know, we are not having to pay attention to our race. And especially for my grandma's generation, I'm sure that gave them huge advantages. And so um, I do want to state that my family was very privileged and I'm, I'm thankful for the generations that come before me, but it was interesting that out of all three, or out of all three, only one generation brought up a problem due to race. So my mom brought up Rodney Kane, which was, you know, a great example of systematic racism. But um, my great grandma and my grandma's generation, that that wasn't the focus. And I think that my family had the privilege of that not being a focus. And so I'm thankful that I got to learn about Nixon and Watergate and the legalizing of marijuana, but I think that is due to the white privilege my family has of not, not having to look at the race issues all of the time. And I think that concludes my podcast. Thank you very much for listening.